this is Dr. Rahman, and I'd like to spend just a few moments talking with you about the podcast, about changes that will be coming to the podcast, and just take a moment to briefly talk about a very common health condition that women experience. So just to recap, Black Women's Health podcast was created because I found the statistics and the news about health related to Black women to be depressing, demoralizing, leading to passivity, meaning why should you even attempt to be healthy? The odds are stacked against you. You're not going to do well you're going to have many medical problems. And so I found it too depressing. And I wanted something that was more uplifting, more positive. And so over the past couple of years, I've had the privilege, and it truly has been a privilege, to speak to Black women who have faced a variety of health issues, health-related concerns, and have succeeded. It's been quite impressive. I feel as though it's been a great gift to me to have encountered these women. For instance, I remember the podcast with a black woman who had a delayed diagnosis of triple negative breast cancer, only to witness the sisterhood, friends, family, professionals rally around her to help her through her situation. I remember talking about the two black female female journalists who wrote an article about the discrepancy of COVID infections among black people and that it was much higher than anyone had had expected, and they documented this by looking at health statistics from the city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And their article was the impetus behind a greater awareness, a greater awareness and appreciation that Black folks were disproportionately being affected by the COVID virus. And then I remember the podcast. This one actually brought me to tears when a black woman talked about her experience with long COVID and she's a survivor. And then there was the story of the black mother talking about her daughter that had an unusual health condition and what she did and how she fought for her child. And then there was the black female who worked in construction, who had us think about the benefits of a female working in construction versus a female working in healthcare. Huge disparity in terms of salary, in terms of benefits. Lots of information for us to consider. But moving forward, 
What I like to do with this podcast are three things. One, I really do wish to continue uplifting Black women, highlighting Black women who are doing positive things in our community. You know, they don't have to be rich and famous. They just have to be positive. The other thing is that I want to start discussing more often common female health conditions. Health conditions that affect all women, but as we know, will most likely disproportionately affect black women. And one of the reasons that I want to do this is because I'm finding that actual health education and health knowledge isn't that great? And things that, as a doctor, I would assume that women already know and understand isn't a given. And unfortunately, there is so much information on the web that when you Google, there's no guarantee that the information that you're looking at is really true or that it could truly benefit you. And so one of the things that I'm committed to do is researching and giving you the facts as I know them, as I see them. I have no allegiance to anyone. I don't have to pretend. Uh, I can say when I think it's bullshit. I can say when I think it's helpful. Um, And I think I need to use that platform just to help educate us all. And the third is, I like to open up this platform to anyone who has, or even anyone who thinks they have, health solutions for women. We know that our healthcare system is broken. I'm part of it. I'm actually part of this healthcare system, and I admit our healthcare system makes very little sense. But I can also say that as a physician, I feel abused by this healthcare system, as is true, I believe, for most doctors, because doctors no longer lead in healthcare. I'm not sure if we ever did, but certainly not now. So if anyone has a healthcare solution and is willing to subject themselves to a critical review of their work, please feel free to contact me. You are welcome to take part in this con- in this podcast. It's about education, it's about awareness, it's about critical thinking. It's about finding solutions and making things work with what we have. And so if you feel that you are someone that has a solution, please contact me at mail at drraman.com. And doctor is spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-R-A-H-M-A-N.com mail, M-A-I-L, at drraman.com. My commitment moving forward is to all women, but especially black women, to give us the facts, 
And like I said before, expose the bullshit and help us to live healthier lives. That's my commitment in 2023. And so briefly, I'd like to take the next few moments to discuss yeast infections, vaginal yeast infections. Seems like a minor topic, not a big deal, not a health emergency. And you will probably feel that way until you are affected, until it's your vagina that feels inflamed, your vulva that's itching and swollen. And so for the woman that has this situation, it's a big deal. And I like to talk with her just a little bit about vaginal yeast infections. Now, yeast is a fungus. And this fungus actually is ubiquitous. It's in our environment. It's on our bodies. It's actually in our vaginas. It's that the healthy bacteria in the vagina keeps the yeast from overgrowing. So just like you've heard of the gut, the GI tract having a microbiome, the vagina has a microbiome. It has bacteria in it. And there's the healthy bacteria that helps to maintain the pH of the vagina, helps to prevent the overgrowth of bacteria, the overgrowth of yeast. Now we know that a yeast, a vaginal yeast infection is not considered a sexually transmitted infection. It is seen more commonly among pregnant women, um, women who are HIV positive or women who are on some sort of some immunosuppressive drug, women who are diabetic and women who have um, recently completed a course of antibiotics. So if that is you, know that you may be at an increased risk for developing a vaginal yeast infection. Now the treatment, most women have probably heard of it, um, is now a pill called fluconazole. The brand name is Diflucan. And this is um, taken orally for a yeast infection and often one dose is sufficient. Sometimes more um, doses are required if a woman has experienced repeated yeast infections or a yeast infection that doesn't seem to be adequately treated with these abbreviated courses. The problem is there is now an, a noted increasing resistance in the medication for effective treatment, meaning that they're not working as well, they're not as effective. And so now there are other medications, but these medications will sometimes have increased toxicity. And so people are now studying how can we develop a medication that's effective not only for the yeast vaginal infection, but the yeast infections that can also develop elsewhere in our body. And some of these can be quite severe. How can we develop medication that's effective, 
that the yeast is not resistant to that has a low toxicity. And these are current day problems that people are actually actively researching and working on. To the point that now the, the, the impetus has actually turned to look at some of the medicinal plants and essential oils that have been promoted in the past in folklore to see if there is a benefit. A lot of these have never been adequately studied. They have just been used. They've been passed down through the generations. Things like um, tea tree oil and other medications and other essential oils and other um, nutrients that might be found in plants. And so the study goes on. Um, we just need to keep in mind that many of the things are yet to be fully proven and so we need to be cautious, but we need to understand that, and I said this in, in the beginning, that the yeast develops when our system allows an overgrowth. Something kind of knocks us out of balance. We no longer have the healthy bacteria and it takes that opportunity to grow and to create the vaginal infection. And so the best thing that we can do is to stay as healthy as possible. And that means, and it always comes back to eating well, avoiding ultra-processed foods, taking care of yourself, maintaining, uh, maintaining your health as best that you can. Because in the end, good health probably translates into a good and healthy immune system, which most likely will translate in your greater ability to fight off any and all opportunistic infections. And so at this point, I'm going to sign off and say, it's been my pleasure. I've enjoyed and continue to enjoy this podcast. Please continue to listen. Um, I do want to continue and will definitely continue to highlight Black women who are succeeding and I will also um, talk a little more about health to provide health information. And I welcome anyone else that has health solutions to join me in this journey. In the meantime, take care.